0: Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship from 4pm at North Lakes State College on the corner of Discovery Drive and Joiner Circuit. We hope you enjoy this great message from our Sunday service and come for a visit someday soon. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been really enjoying the Unlimited series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And um, I'm kind of new to this preaching uh, thing, although my kids would would say I've been preaching at them for the last 10 years. It's probably true. James would say I've been preaching at him for 15 years. So actually, I'm a professional. Um, (laughs) So... Oh, you know, and so I'm, I'm getting into this. This is new being up on the stage. But um, so you're looking at preachers, other preachers who are your heroes, like Pastor Kevin. The other week when he preached, and you're trying to learn of him. And I think I really enjoyed how he asked everybody to get involved and to amen or to agree, whatever you would like to do. So I'm going to take that from Kevin. And then I, I, I learn from James all the time. But um, there's a particular move that I did try to practice prior to this evening, and it's called the James Hensley preaching move. Mm. Do you know which one it is? It's the one where he's going to make a really good point. He's excited about it. He launches himself up off and does that with his toes. Did you see how they go in? Maybe you haven't noticed it, but now you will notice it. Now that we've got that out of the way, (laughs) I've launched, I've landed, and I'm ready to go. All right, you're going to notice that every week now. Sorry, (laughs) hon. Well, hasn't it been just a great couple of weeks? Uh, We started with Pastor Kevin um, preaching and prophesying to our church that God wants to do beyond. And I don't know about you, but that word beyond has just stuck in my mind and in my spirit ever since. Just Beyond, beyond, beyond. It just keeps coming back to me. And then we um, heard from James the last couple of weeks and he was talking to us about God's unlimited kingdom. That the vastness of who God is and his kingdom is beyond our wildest comprehension. That his thoughts, thank goodness, that his thoughts and his ways are so much higher than our thoughts and our ways. And as we seek to serve the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of me, that was confronting. That was challenging. As we, as we seek to serve the kingdom of God, that God will answer some of the questions that I believe that we all have had at numerous times in our life, whether you um, believe in Jesus or whether you don't, we all have this question. In fact, it's actually one of the most Googled questions um, that Google receives, as if Google could answer this question. But apparently, it's one of the most Googled questions. It's, what is my purpose? What was I created for? What plan, why am I alive? What plan does God have for me? And even as Christians, we ask that, God, what do you want for my life? And as we seek him first, he will show us. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. You were created on purpose, for a purpose, bigger than you, but yet inclusive of you. You know, I'm so thankful that I don't have to figure this out on my own. Because then last week, um, James talked about the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm glad that on the 29th of May, 1979, yes, I'm 40 this year, I'm celebrating that fact. I'm going to say that all year. Um, (laughs) um, That God just didn't, I I was born on that day that he just didn't go, great, awesome, on your bike, off you go, hope you work it out, good luck. no. He didn't do that. I'm not left alone to have to figure out why I was created. See, the Holy Spirit, and James talked about that last week, the Holy Spirit has been given to us. The unlimited power of the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us that believe in Jesus, and He lives inside of us. We have that unlimited power that's been made available to all of us. So, this is good news. We've had good news the last couple of weeks. So, we should all be advancing. We should all be taking territory, um, taking um, new places, new opportunities, changing, growing, just blasting off into our future. Is so, <laughs> it's crickets. I think the reason that there's crickets is that most of us are probably not living to the full potential or the full um, calling of God that's on our life. That's why there's crickets, because you're sitting there thinking, well. Okay, I'm advancing in this area, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting anywhere in this area. Or maybe you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Maybe you don't even know what to do. Maybe you're afraid of the future. You say, I'm reminded of the Israelites in the Bible. Um, they're a great group of people. I'm very thankful that their story was recorded for you and for I to learn from. Um, we find a lot of their story in Exodus and Numbers. Um, the Israelites, they lived in Egypt as slaves. And then God rescues them out of Egypt by doing all these amazing miracles in front of their eyes. He then takes them through the Red Sea on dry ground with a wall of water on each side of them. Who knows what they could see in behind that? I think that would be so cool. Um, So they go across on the dry ground. They get to the other side. When they're on the other side, they watch in front of their eyes, the water goes back. And the whole entire Egyptian army is drowned in front of their very eyes. So if they were questioning their freedom, they don't need to anymore because no, they don't have any way to get them back anymore. So that happened in front of their very eyes. Then God has promised to take them to this land, this unlimited land that to you and I represents the unlimited kingdom. And he's promised it to Him. But on the journey there, they go through the desert. And on that journey... God goes before them in the daytime in a cloud. And then at nighttime, he's behind them protecting them as fire. Not only that, he gives them fresh food daily for the journey. Awesome. So they arrive at the promised land that's been promised to them. And God says to them, okay, all you need to do, you need to just take out a few nations. There's going to be a few battles. So Good. Because the same God that did all the amazing miracles to get you out of Egypt, that got you through the Red Sea, that provided you in the desert, that same power, I've displayed my power, I'm with you and I've promised you victory. But we know the story, don't we? That Moses sends 10 men to go and check out the land. That God has promised them. He says, Go check it out, see what God's going to give us, and come back. And we're going to look at what they come back, what their report is in Numbers 13, starting at verse 27. I'm going to bring that water over to me. So the ten men come back, and they gave Moses this account. They said, We went into the land which you sent to us, and it does flow with milk and honey. That's true. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Hence the whingy tone. It was a bit whingy. (laughs) We can't do it. I can't do it. And we know then that the Lord was angry with them because of their lack of faith. And so that generation, because they believed that report, that generation then went back out in the desert for 40 years until the next generation could rise up and go into the promised land. What was it that held that generation back? God wanted to give them the unlimited kingdom. The land of unlimited potential for generations to come. They had the unlimited power of God with them, yet their thinking was wrong. And it kept them from what God had for them. We can learn from the Israelites, like I said earlier. I'm grateful. I remember reading this story as a teenager and thinking, I can't believe that they just didn't believe God and that they didn't go in. Right. And now as I'm older, I guess I understand a little bit about what the Israelites are feeling. <laughs> so does it sound familiar? But you know what? God has actually done more for us than what He has done for those Israelites. You see, we've been saved from eternal separation uh, of, from God. We've been saved from that return to relationship with Him. We've been saved from our sins and mistakes. We've been set free from the prison of hopelessness and set forth on a journey of purpose. We don't have a cloud going before us, a fire behind us. We have the Holy Spirit within us. Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's inside of us. He lives with us. He's with us wherever we go, speaking to us, guiding us, leading us in every moment of every day. The same power that the Israelites witnessed at work with them is at work within us today and flowing out of us today. And yet many of us, like the Israelites, stand at the edge, stand at the edge of the promises of God. Maybe you're standing at the edge of a doctor's report, the edge of a dream, the edge of a new job opportunity, the edge of that unlimited academy opportunity, the edge of the promises of God for our lives and we don't enter in. Or maybe we enter in just a little bit and then we maybe sat down, we got discouraged. or We're entering in, in some ways and not others. Something is holding many of us back. And it's not God. It is not God. How do we live the unlimited life? How do we enter in, in every area of our life? How do we live in everything that God has purposed and planned for us to do? Before the Israelites could enter in and their lives changed, they had to change their thinking. Before our lives can change, we must change our thinking. We must change our mindset from limited to unlimited. From grasshoppers to sons and daughters of the most high God. I am unlimited and you are unlimited. We're unlimited in purpose. We're unlimited with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are unlimited. We are not limited. So how do we live like that? I know you come and you say, I want to live like that. Well, Isaiah, in Isaiah 54, the prophet Isaiah shows us how to break free from a limited mindset in order that we might take territory, that's what we're doing, we're taking territory in our minds, territory in our lives, and walk into the promised land. So we're going to look at that tonight, I'm going to take my points from that. So Isaiah 54, verse 2, it reads, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So, they're going to be my five points this afternoon. The first point is enlarge the place of your tent. We need to enlarge our thoughts, broaden our thoughts, make room in our minds to embrace God's thoughts. That's what James is doing and teaching us about the unlimited kingdom of God. It's broadening our thoughts, expanding our thoughts so that we can take more of God's thoughts and God's ways into our minds as well. We've got to make room for his thoughts on his abundance of power, his unlimited power, his plans and his greatness. God never had a small thought ever. And we need to stop thinking small. We must focus less on our limited nature and more on his unlimited nature. Say that again. We need to focus less on our limited nature and more on his unlimited nature. You see, our default setting as humans can be too much like the Israelites, where we look at ourselves and say, I'm a grasshopper. Maybe you've never called yourself a grasshopper, but I think we all have some grasshopper thinking. We say, I'm too quiet. I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not well enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not good enough. You all know the not enoughs that you tell yourself. As humans, we tend to to live and think in the natural realm because that's what we see, the physical realm. And so we're usually more aware of our limitations, our physical limitations, than even our giftings. In fact, I would hazard a guess that if I was to give out a piece of paper tonight and say, all right, I want you all to write down what you're good at and what you're not good at, I would hazard a guess that the list of things that you're not good at is probably longer than the things that you are good at. It's because we are far too aware of our own limitations. You see, this is why God wants us to live more aware of His Spirit and that we are spiritual beings that live inside a body. We're spiritual beings. That's why He advises us to not live according to the flesh, its desires, its limitations, but according to the Spirit of God that is at work within us and through us. So I want to look at Romans eight. It'll come up on the screen or if you've got your Bible. Romans 8. Do a study in Romans 8. I mean, the Bible is awesome, but I, I do particularly love Romans 8. We're going to look at that this afternoon. It says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set, we're talking about our minds, set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. All those thoughts that you think about yourself, that are not good enough, do they make you feel good? No, they, they limit you. They hold you back. They put fear in you. It's death. It's death to our future. But the mind governed by the spirit, oh hang on the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Yeah, yeah. That's why when you're in your word or when you come to church on Sunday and someone pe- speaks truth to you, you often go home and go, I feel good you've got you've received life and you've received peace through the holy spirit has that imparted that to you the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to god it does not submit to god's law nor can it do so because it's 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 arguing our mind is arguing with the word of god it's a complete contradiction so it's hostile to god's word god's word's saying we are children of god and we're saying we're grasshoppers they're, they're not they're in contradiction Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. It's not that he's mad with us, but he's not happy with that. I am not happy if my children think that they um, are not good enough to be my sons and daughters. That does not please me. It does not please him to have us thinking this way about ourselves. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, which it does. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ, but you belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, Then, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. So now we're actually, if you notice, we've gone from talking about our minds, that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to our minds and guide our minds, but now it's actually talking about that the Spirit will actually give life to our mortal bodies. And we can do things that we didn't think we could do because of His Spirit on our mortal bodies, okay? For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children, not grasshoppers. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we'll also share in his glory. Wow, wow. We must cultivate the habit of thinking large. How do we do that? We prayerfully consider his plans. We seek him first, as I said, and he will show us. Ask him what he wants you to do, and then get busy dreaming. Yeah. Don't stop dreaming and expanding your thinking. Yeah. Last week, we took um, thirty people of our church down to a t- oh, excuse me a church on the, um, on the Gold Coast. Excuse me, um, down to visit a church called Glow, and um, the reason we did that is because we wanted to expand our thinking and how to run church. What did we see? Our team came away with so many ideas. I was so impressed with our team because they noticed so many things that I didn't even notice about how we could do things and what they learned. They were expanding their thinking. We also wanted to um, have everybody see the building. It's only a six-year-old church and they've just taken on a lease on an $8 million facility and and, um, just renovated it. We wanted to expand our thinking that God wants to build His church here in North Lakes, not just the Gold Coast, and that's what He wants to do here and beyond. Beyond. And um, so we expanded our thinking. And even my kids, um, they said to me, why are we going to another church on the Gold Coast? In fact, Jana in the afternoon was like, I'm going back to the new church. She confused. We've moved a few times, so she was a bit confused. <laughs> totally messed her up. I didn't tell you that, hon. Um, so... <laughs> But I said to them, they're like, why are we going? I said, you know what? We're going to walk around and we're going to look at what they're doing there. And then when we come home and we pray our prayers and say, thank you, God, for our building. Thank you, God, that you are building our church. I said, that's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to see in your mind is that, you know, and then God will do that and, and above. Because I'm wanting to enlarge their minds too. I want them to start thinking big as well. We don't have to wait till it's our age. They can start even younger and they'll dream even bigger dreams than what we can dream. We need to know what God says about us. You know, in Romans 8 then it said that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are children of the Most High God. That's big thinking. That's a really big thing, and I dare you to get your head around that. That is big thinking. We need to be reading the Word. Uh, You know, uh, Romans 8 and the rest of the Bible were written for you, and there's so much in there that that tells us God put it down in a book, and He breathes on it through the power of His Holy Spirit to speak to you about what He he says that you are. We need to replace our old grasshopper thinking to God's unlimited, big, enlarged thinking. (laughs) Here's some application questions for you. I did take that from you, James. Um, what is your thinking like? But you didn't do the jumping stance. No. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> are you focused on your limitations on being a grasshopper? And how can you begin to enlarge your thinking to see what God's plans are for your life? Wow. Cool. Point number two is stretch your tur- tur- tent curtains <laughs> wide. I knew want to do that. Stretch your tent curtains wide. We need to stretch our imaginations. We need to go places in our thought life that will lift you up to a higher level in line with the Word. Yeah. We all know how to go places that lift us down, that go down, we don't lift. You know, to go on those journeys in our thoughts that drag us down. But we need to learn how to go on a journey that, in our thoughts that lifts us up in line with the Word of God. We need to daydream with the Holy Spirit. Be with him. Ask him to show you. He is longing to show you. That's his job. See yourself going places that you've never been to and doing things that you've never done before. The Israelites could not see themselves entering into the promised land. They could not see themselves living there. They could not see themselves defeating the people living in the land. All they could see was the problems and the obstacles to overcome. All they could see was their defeat. We need to see ourselves living there. We need to see ourselves as as victorious. Six years ago when we uh, planted... Our, uh, the church in for Calvary Church in Cairns. Um, there was a great couple. They were the first couple in our church. Um, their names were Becky and Jordan. They came to visit us in September. You might have met them. Um, they um, were from Canada and they joined our pre-launch team. Becky had had a really conservative um, church background, and we had them over for dinner uh, one night in the pre-launch days when you're trying to get to know um, one another. And she happened to mention, oh dear. She happened to mention, it's all good, um, she happened to mention that she sung in a choir at some stage back in her high school days. Mm. Well, (laughs) James heard that. And when you're church planning, you're just looking for anybody to get involved. (laughs) And, you know, everyone gets to be involved and to step up in ways and do things that maybe you never even thought about doing, ever. And uh, so James heard that. And of course, then jumped straight on to trying to encourage Becky to join the worship team, uh, to which she then basically rolled out a list of why she cannot do that—shy, um, all of the things. You know, um, all she could see was the obstacles to that happening. Totally freaked her out. Anyway, my husband is very persuasive, and um, if you met him, you know—if you've met him, you know him. And um, he is a visionary, he sees things and calls them out of people, I love it. And so he just, he kept working on Becky and he encouraged her to just to see herself on stage without the mic on. He's like, just get up on stage, worship, we won't even turn your microphone on. This is church planning days, right? (laughs) Other people are up there with their mics on, it's okay. So I'll never forget the first day that she was up there, no mic on, holding the mic, like, looked like a deer in headlights. She was absolutely freaked out. Her feet were like glued to the floor. She was totally freaked out, but she survived and she kept turning up to uh, worship practice and then God birthed in her heart the desire to worship and to be part of the team, to willingly be part of the team and to grow. And she put in a great amount of effort in order to grow. And then I remember her um, saying to me, you know, we did turn her microphone on after a few weeks, I think. And um, I remember um, seeing her uh, when she came to see me and she said, you know, I'm feeling like I'd like to learn how to lead out a song and lead in worship. And so God put that desire in her heart and then she started to take steps towards that. And, And then she did. I remember her leading out and uh, she became one of our great worship leaders and then went on to lead thousands of people in our Christmas carol services and things like that. I'll never forget her just being released from the shackles, it was like, where she forgot um, about all of her fears and the lists of what she wasn't good enough for and she just went forth into that. Now, six years later, it's only six years, they've gone home to Canada. She is a worship pastor in her very Pentecostal church. She came from a very um, quiet, quiet a church background and she is helping the other people to discover their worship giftings. So God is just doing amazing things in her life and it's, it's not going to stop there. I tell you that story because she, she couldn't see herself leading and she had a list of why she couldn't, but when she submitted her life to the Lord and why he wanted, she worked hard for it, but he blessed her and then he kept giving her the vision and helping to see what the next steps were too. Yeah. You know, the days when parenting is a challenge and well, a lot of us are here parents and that's maybe every day or it's, uh, there are challenging moments in every day. Um, You know, I see my children all growing up and serving the Lord. I don't necessarily look at them in that moment and see the challenge. I have to stop and I see them in their future. All growing up, worshipping the Lord, serving the Lord. I see my grandkids in my future. I see them um, serving Him with their lives. I see their good future. I refuse to see defeat. I refuse to, f- to have a, live in fear of them falling away or something bad happening to them. I refuse to see them as limited by their mistakes or bad attitudes of today. I must see um, their future and their good future. You see, what I see is the ground for God. Don't limit Him by what we see. 1 Corinthians says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Once again, His Holy Spirit revealing these things to us. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has really given us. We've received the Spirit and He can show us what lies ahead. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to see your future, to see your children's future, to see the future of your business, the future of your health, the future of our church. This is faith in action. This is not being optimistic. Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is having a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see in the natural, but we see it with eyes of faith. Yes. Good, really good. Application questions. What do you see when you think about tomorrow and your future? How can you set aside time to get into His Word, get with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to see what He sees? Point number three, do not hold back. At every opportunity, we need to be meditating on God's possibilities and promises. Every opportunity. Keep in mind that when we start to daydream or when we start to um, be with the Holy Spirit and He starts to show us these things, often, in fact, probably all, every time, the negative thoughts will come. In fact, even as you're hearing this message, negative thoughts have been popping into your head. This is just positive rhetoric. Yeah, I hoped once before. I had dreams and look what happened. Anytime, I find that anytime that we're about to do something new, so we're taking in that new job of opportunity, we're taking new territory, the thoughts will come just as they did for the Israelites. It's actually part and parcel of the territory why we need to be aware of it because they will come. If they haven't come now, they will come. And we know, we live with this mind, we carry it around every day and they will come. You see, the enemy of our God, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our future wants to ensure that you continue to see yourself as a grasshopper. We cannot afford for one minute to allow grasshopper thinking to continue, even in the days when we feel like we need to wallow, we're wallowing in muck. I know sometimes I give my, it's all right, Paulie, you can just, just think like that for a minute. You know, no, we we cannot even allow it. We cannot allow it. We need to look for it and root it out of our minds. If your thoughts were played on a loudspeaker, for everyone to hear, what would they be? I think it would even be a surprise to you. I I don't know about you, but I get bombarded by thoughts and you don't even realise you're thinking them. So I think it would be even a surprise to you what was played on that loudspeaker. If you had a friend that followed you around and said to you the things that you say to yourself, do you think you'd keep them around? No. I would guess you'd probably end up hating that person. You would not want to be around that person because they would make you feel bad. But yet we allow our negative thoughts to hang around like a bad friend. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, Casting down arguments, our thoughts are arguing with the word of God. And every high thing that exalts, they think they know better than God, itself against the knowledge of God, we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Not just some thoughts, it's every thought. I find that very confronting. We must not back down. When the next generation of Israelites entered the promised land, they still had battles to fight to take the land. They still experienced setbacks. God didn't promise them that it was going to be easy. He promised them that he would be with them and that they would have victory. He didn't promise them that it wasn't going to be hard work. Your future, walking into your destiny, is going to be hard work. Walking into the plans and purposes God has for your life is going to take hard work. It's going to take grit. It's going to take determination and an unwavering faith that he is with us and that he has promised us the victory and we are not holding back. We are not backing down. We need to stand firm in the battle, knowing that it has been won. We must not give up because the temptation is to give up, even just for a moment, but the temptation is there to give up. We need to get up, even if we've been knocked down. Maybe you lost that fight. Get up. You didn't go back all the way to the beginning. So many people think that They fell down and they went all the way back to the beginning. No, you just fell down there. So just stand up and dust yourself off, learn from your mistakes and keep going. (laughs) If you're not careful, if we're not careful, then we'll stop what God wants to do in our lives by saying, that couldn't be God. No, he couldn't have told me to do that because I can't do that. I can't keep going. You know the things that you say to yourself that stop you from moving forward. We must replace those negative thoughts with God's word. Yeah. We, we literally cannot afford to accept the untruth. We cannot afford to accept the lies. We must believe that the truth that I am unlimited, unlimited that you are unlimited. That is the truth. Yeah. Application questions. What kind of thoughts do you think about yourself? think about that loudspeaker thing. (laughs) Do you try to replace those negative thoughts or do you entertain them and let them wash over you? Do you have a pity party? Um, Do you just stay there? Do you know what God says about you? So maybe you don't even know what God says about you to replace the things that you think about you. I encourage you to get onto Google. He will be able to give you this. Look up the verses about what God says about you. Do a study on that. Write that down. Speak that. Put that into your mind. Point number four, you know, lengthen your cords. We need to keep lengthening our thoughts and don't ever stop. No matter your age, stage, season or setbacks, we need to keep going. We need to keep lengthening, keep broadening, keep stretching our thoughts until they touch the very extremes of what God can do. He's unlimited. So it's, it's never ending. We need to keep stretching our thoughts. The thoughts I'm an overcomer. It's, it's like a chain. If you think about it like a, a, a chain with the links on it, I'm an overcomer. I'm blessed. I am the head and not the tail. And, and we keep, need to keep stretching them out. You see, if that will then enable us to stretch out with a sure anchor, and to God's abundance and plan. But on the other hand, the wrong thoughts, the negative, fearful, limited, grasshopper thoughts, they will only limit you and keep you shackled to the ground and prisoned to where you stand right now. Point number five, we need to strengthen our stakes. We need to be courageous and strong in your thought life. We need to continually fortify your mind with God's Word and persist in building Bible-based attitudes of increase. That's actually an advancing attitude. I'm going to advance in my time alone with God. I'm going to advance in my prayer life. I'm going to get more out of God's Word. I'm going to apply more. And, you know, I think to know if we're going to strengthen, we need to be aware of our weak places, things that cause our mind to be weakened. Like comparison, I know for me, comparison, well, that'll weaken my mind. So too much time on social media and looking at the glorious life with others, that weakens my mind. Watching things, sad things, depressing things, the news, that weakens my mind, brings fear into my life. You know what areas in your life weakens your mind. It's probably a good idea to stay away from those and head towards the things that strengthen our mind. So. Podcasts and the Word of God, being um, praying, all of those things, strengthening our mind. We need to fortify our mind and not just allow things just to run rampant in there. Once you build your faith to live in the more, the unlimited promised land, the unlimited kingdom, stand your ground and refuse to lose ground. Like I said, if you fell over, you didn't lose ground, it's okay, just stand up. But I refuse to be pushed back. Refuse it, refuse to be moved off your faith. We need to dig our heels in, don't back down. Don't back down at the first battle. Don't back down on the first bad day or on a tough day because they will come. Don't back down, don't quit, fortify. It's time to leave the land of not enough where the Israelites, where they were limited, where we, are, we can be limited by our foes, limited by a servitude to self, a servitude to our circumstances, a servitude to our fears, it's time to leave that, leave that land behind. It's even time to leave behind the season of enough in the desert, where our vision is limited to a day, our dreams are limited to today, our resources is limited to today. It's time to leave that land behind even too. It was good in the desert, but that was not where God wanted them to stay. It's time to walk into our promised land, leaving behind our grasshopper thinking and our grasshopper ways. We need to look and see what God has planned for you. He's given you the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He's given us the Kingdom, He's given it to us. We need to see ourselves living there, see ourselves victorious, see ourselves walking, see ourselves winning. He has sealed the victory through Jesus' death and resurrection. We are unlimited, and we are called to live the unlimited life. Amen. You know, becoming unlimited only happens when we surrender to Jesus. I just wanna talk about that for a moment. You know, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. In Christ, we can do all things. When we surrender our life to Christ, we can do all things. On our own, not so much. We become unlimited when we stop and surrender our lives to live the Christ life. I believe that there are people here this afternoon and you need to stop and you need to surrender your life to Jesus. It's when we do this that we discover the unlimited life. There's a couple of types of people here this afternoon. There's those that you're 100% sure of your salvation and your right standing with God. Then there's, there's those of you that have never actually stopped to acknowledge Jesus. You actually even believe that He is real, but you've never stopped to acknowledge Jesus and ask for His forgiveness. Then there's those of you here that you maybe once lived for Jesus and then you started to live for yourself and it, and it took you away from God. And then there's those of you here that you have no idea. You have no idea about your future and you have no idea that you're unsure about where you stand with God. I wanna give you the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus, to receive His forgiveness, to receive His life and then discover His unlimited purpose for your life. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed in the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday worship.